<laughs> yes. There's new leadership at the Johnson Space Center Rail Control Club. Gone is the the impotent republic. Now enter the new era of the Empire. And of the glorious supreme ruler, the benevolent dictator Fitzwalker. Welcome to the RC Roundtable Podcast, where we discuss the latest RC hobby news, events, model reviews, and a whole lot more. Who's doing this part? This guy. This guy. He's not feeling great, so I think one of us should do it. Welcome. (laughs) Each take turns. (laughs) Hello. Welcome to the RC Roundtable Podcast. Fitz is... um, quiet he's not very fits like at the moment he is not he's not 100 percent fits today we only have what do you think 60 percent fits today uh at best <laughs> but Dan, is he a, he's a trooper he's gonna he's gonna help us out get through some stuff so fitz is here i'm here terry's here welcome I'm to the here. rc roundtable welcome to the year 2024 i don't know if it has meaning i don't know if uh if there's anything dreaded for 2024 oh it's election year Oh, anything boy. else? Any anything else? Nostrad- Nostradamus has written about us. Well, what about the Chinese calendar? What's it the year of? Oh, what's the animal? The, the dragon. Is it the year oh, of really? Dragon? I believe so. Yeah, in I about another in two or three weeks. Yeah. Oh, right. Well, maybe that's something we got going for us. Right. So that's it how is. we get fits to speak up. We'll ask about Asian culture or <laughs> and food or, or Japanese planes. So <laughs> and cartoon characters. Yeah. <laughs> We'll just poke him every now and then with one of those. All right. So if I hadn't said it yet, it's episode 189. And welcome to our show, both uh, for those of you listening and those of you watching. Uh, there will be some show and tell. So again, those of you listening need to pull over, <laughs> stop your <laughs> audio podcast, go pull up on YouTube or Facebook. We do have a little bit of some slides to show you guys. But uh, hope everybody's doing well. Hope everybody got to fly either on New Year's Eve into the New Year's or flew on New Year's just to get a head start on everything, including your black eyed peas and your sauerkraut and whatever other superstitions you have about taking a step into the New Year's. In fact, I will add to that a friend of mine on Facebook. She posted one of their traditions to watch the movie. And I don't know if you guys have ever seen it, uh, but Hudsucker Proxy. And it's kind of like uh, 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 two, three, four. It's a wonderful life. It's not necessarily a Christmas movie, but there's Christmas, you know, in it. Like it's a Christmas time. It's the same thing. It's a it's a transition from New Year's uh, in the movie, but uh, stars Tim Robbins. Gosh, I can't remember how many years old it is, but it's a fun, entertaining movie by the Coen Brothers. Uh, I find it in, in enjoyable, and it just so happens she and I al- almost every year watch it on New Year's Eve. So that was a tradition I I did. Anything else for you guys? Well, hold on a second. The last movie recommendation you gave me was what's the one about the rabbit? Harvey was that? Harvey, it? yeah, it was James Stewart. Uh, yeah, not a fan. Not a fan. Watership Aww. down. So, <laughs> Water- <laughs> so I take Benji, your movie you recommendations with a grain of salt. <laughs> oh man, you don't like imaginary animals? <laughs> uh, that one didn't do it for me. Or. My whole family watched it. Like, no, Lee says it's great. Trust me. I I don't know if I said great. I will go back. It's highly entertaining for me, but I guess maybe I was drunk at the time. (laughs) Were you in a stage production of that or something? Uh, No, but I'm familiar with the, I've seen a stage production of it. Okay. You seem to have some 
abnormal connection with that show. Okay, no. The, so but, sorry and, if any, sorry if anybody else took my advice and watched Harvey and, and <laughs> felt very sad afterwards. No, other people might love it. It just did not do anything for me. Okay, so I was asking you, did you have any other traditions? I don't know. Don't make that your <laughs> New Year's Eve tradition is to watch Harvey. Oh. <laughs> did you have me, anything? Did you do anything else for New Year's? Uh, no, all the weird food things that, that people do. We've got some of those, but um, that's about it. We don't do anything crazy. What about Fitz? Our tradition is to <clears throat> take delight in the Battle of Baghdad that is our neighborhood. On New Year's evening. Hit the deck! <laughs> Going yes. to the new storm shelter you created? <laughs> they like their fireworks around here, and it's some pretty impressive stuff. Nice. So, yeah, that's about it. <laughs> and you what? don't have any pets going crazy, right? <laughs> what was that? I no. can't hear you, Fitz. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. No, but a friend of mine does. He lives close by, and his, his dogs go crazy. Yeah. I think they, they freak out. I always grab my Jeep and 50 caliber machine gun in the back and <laughs> just help them out in fireworks. <laughs> no, no. Oh, no. gosh. No, no, no. It was, it was loud here, too. Our neighbor behind us, he goes nutso. Um, I don't approve of the mortar shells he uses. They're probably like three-inch <laughs> mortar shells. <laughs> right. I haven't checked my windows. I better check all the windows in my house, make sure they're still in one piece. Yeah, I, I found bits and pieces of rockets in previous years in my in my yard and driveway and stuff. Yeah, it's not unusual. Yeah. It's the price of freedom. Yeah, America. <laughs> America. So do we want to talk about flying New Year's time, or are we saving that for later? No, whatever. I have seen some posts on Facebook of people who fly across the transition into the New Year. Like, they take off at 11.55 and fly you know, when the clock strikes. Into the New Year's. Our club did that. I was asleep. <laughs> I actually did not. I was not conscious during the crossover, so I was not feeling well, and I needed to get up real early to take my wife to the airport. But uh, that leads into the segue of me and Fitz. So, do you want me to keep talking? Or <laughs> but just one thing: I think my old club in the Fort Worth Thunderbirds had an ongoing event every New Year's. They had a I forgot what they called it, but it celebrated. You fly on New Year's Day, no matter what the weather. So they would have okay. a gathering, a long-standing gathering. Hmm. Well, we'll pose this question to all the listeners. Are there any strange non-flying New Year's traditions you do? And what do you do for flying on New Year's Eve slash day? So send us your emails, contact at rcroundtable.com. Maybe we no. can add that as a poll. We could make a list of things, you know, like frozen. Did you do a, attend a frozen fingers event? You know, those people who fly up north, like, like you, Terry. I do. And I did. Oh. Well, Mine was on New Year's Eve at my club here, and it was cold. We've had really unseasonably, yeah, unseasonably warm weather the last few weeks. Whatever snow we had went away. The lake behind my house was frozen, but then it thawed out. There's no ice there anymore. But uh, New Year's Eve, it got cold again. No more snow, but it, it got cold and windy. It was a miserable day to be at the flying field. Don't you have a... a a heater or something you put over your transmitter or a glove or something? Yeah, I've got uh, – our buddy Sparky got me uh, a transmitter mitt when I moved up to Buffalo, and that thing works great. Uh, but still, just standing out in the cold when there's you know, wind blowing, it, it'll get to you. But a group of us went out there, and we cooked some booyah. If you don't know what booyah is, it's uh, 
a form of chicken soup. I don't know the the genesis of it here, but it has special meaning. It's another one of those black eyed peas and collard greens and all that sort of thing. Yeah. Didn't know that was a food. Right, neither did I until I moved here. Don't you say, booyah, baby, booyah. (laughs) (laughs) A good thing. So we had booyah and sugary treats, and we hung out. We have a clubhouse with a heater, so we hang out in the clubhouse for a while, go outside and fly a little bit, and go back in and warm up. So it was fun. But I heard you guys did a little something else. Well, I'll lead into it. So I mentioned I went to bed early because I had to take Cindy to the airport. She attended the Sugar Bowl to... Well, unfortunately, it's over, but <laughs> to hopefully see the Longhorns um, beat Washington. And it didn't turn out the way we hoped. It was a good game, so that was good. But she and her girlfriends went out there. So at 3.30, my wife woke me up <laughs> in the morning. 3.30 a.m.? Yeah, 3.30 a.m. Wow. And then uh, foggy. It was really foggy. Uh, but she needed to get the airport by 5. So uh, through the rain and the fog, we got there. And I dropped her off. And then I needed time to kill because I asked my wonderful buddy and your friend too folks uh fitz walker if i could come pay him a visit early in the morning <laughs> Fitz is like denying it it's like <laughs> I, I didn't ask you to come overly <laughs> i said no <laughs> <laughs> but uh i drove over to his house i stayed in his driveway a little bit so i didn't wake him up right at six or before six rather and uh so i headed over there chatted with fitz and fitz had something for me so do we talk about Gift that first do we talk about? Do we stop and, and talk about that, or do we just cut over to the flying? Fitz, uh, we go order of order of uh, chronological order. Chronological order. Yeah. All right. So why why did I decide to go to Fitz's house? You may ask. And you owed you money. <laughs> Actually, I owed him money. He got money. So uh, for those of you not watching on the screen right now, are two photos, and. This is an estate sale from late uh, Nick Stratos, who passed away a couple months ago, and they put together his airplane collection up for sale. And a lot of his big, like, recent warbirds were picked up pretty quickly, but this was a shed that was out back. And I think, Fitz, you could probably tell more about this photo and these aircraft than I can, since you were there. Uh, Yeah, for the most part, I was focusing on just two planes, but he still had quite a few planes in various conditions, various models. You can see the Zero, a, was that PT-17, I think? Or Stearman, I believe. Stearman uh, on the right, yeah. On the right, yeah. And on the right photo, you can see the telecraft. And I'm not sure what the blue plane was. Um, I don't remember. So, yeah, a mixture of biplanes, some older stuff, uh, and a few electrics, and just uh, a few kits of various things. Well, mainly large as well. What's that? Were the electrics also giant scale? No, no. We had, a, I think, a, uh, what was it, a T-28 for me in a box. And uh, very few electrics, just a couple ones there. Mostly gas power stuff, some sort of stuck plane. A few kits of uh, scale, uh, mild scale planes. Like, uh, I don't know if it was a... a um, uh, brain is seized up, but uh, just a, just a sort of remnants of some older, some more milder flying type stuff, flowing like a lazy bee, maybe not a lazy bee. What's those things called? Um, but anyway, see, just um, just kind of a mix. There was a really nice biplane. It was a Pitts that a guy was picking up as well. It's not in a photo. And I, is that a um, ultimate pipe? I think right next to the zero. I think like it is. It. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a little bit pipe. 
So I didn't spend too much time looking at the other planes. I was there for Zero and for the Telecraft. And there you go. That's what we picked up. Well, there's one more. Go ahead and add the other plane that you got. Oh, so I was in the workshop looking for some stuff, and and I saw at a table, speaking of electrics, a little Corsair. And I said, hey, you know, what do you want for this? And we negotiated a really good price. And I, at first, I thought it was a flying Styro Corsair, but after further looking at it, I believe it's an Alpha Models Corsair. Also good? Yeah, yeah, very, very light. It had a brushless motor on a gearbox, which was interesting. Oh, 72 megahertz receiver in it and some servos, so that'll have to be kind of reworked over. But it was still in fairly decent shape, just dirty. Mm-hmm. I thought for a little park park flyer or something, it'd be pretty neat. I still yeah. have my Alpha Corsair. I still like flying it. Oh, that's good. Good to know. Because I have the Alpha. Gearbox also? What's that? Does Lee's have a gearbox? Oh, no. An Outrunner? Okay. Mine's a IMAX Outrunner. Right. Yeah, I thought it was brushed at first, and I took a really close look, and no, no, it's, it's a brushless, just. Must be really, really early brushless, and it yeah. might be a Hymax geared, or I would guess an MP Jet from Hobby Lobby. Okay. I just don't remember. It was kind of buried in there. I was more looking at the wires. All right, but anyways, so I picked up the Zero as well. I believe it's a yellow aircraft Zero, from what I was told. Really? Yeah, it's got fiberglass fuselage, and the wings are, I think, foam balsa sheeted with a. Um, uh, I think it's a DLE engine 50, maybe 50 or 60. I forgot exactly the size. Uh, it had been flown and then apparently damaged in some sort of landing accident or something and then mostly repaired, but it still needs some TLC and repainting and that kind of stuff. From like this that. angle, it looks like the landing gear struts went through the top of the wing. <laughs> it That's does. Probably what happened. Yeah. <laughs> so the struts look okay. It's air retracts. Uh, but. All the mechanisms are there, the quick releases, the valve, uh, the tank. So it just needs the planning gear to be bolted back on and the, the plumbing gone through and it will, um, and see if the engine still runs and get that up and running. But it's still the big zero. I don't have a big gas zero like that. So, so you're going to keep the air retracts on it? Yeah, for now. I'll see how they work. If they work right. decent enough, I'll keep them. I was told, I forgot the brand, but another guy was there looking. He said, he said the air retracts were actually a really good brand. They're real beefy and, and oleo struts and stuff. So, so what's the span on this thing? Uh, I measured an 80 inch. Okay. Do you guys know if it's the same scale as the P38? No idea. Lee's P38, which is right behind him, also a yellow aircraft, all fiberglass. Uh-huh. You mean Chase Chase fits out of the sky? Something like that. <laughs> hey, but P38s were in the Pacific, right? I don't think they were. P-38s in the Pacific? Excuse me? Primarily. He must be on dr- He must. Oh, be P- I'm sorry. I'm thinking P-47. Sorry. Brain, <laughs> they were brain that function. P-47s yeah. are out there, too? Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, that's a great number. Okay. But yes, yes. He's on the NyQuil. That's yeah. a good point. The P-38, yeah. It'd be interesting. They are the same scale. All right. So I'll try to... Well, I'm not going to speed up the build for mine just so you can fly with me, but I'll I'll have it done. Just don't crash yours until then. Saying you're going to speed it up suggests you've started. I'm not... I. You know what? I have never hesitated on my answer. I'm not starting the P38 until I'm ready to start the P38. When I can guarantee, you know, focus, attention and get it done say maybe 3 months. So, okay. That's going to be a project and I'm and nothing else will be on my table. <laughs> if my name's not Lee Ray. <laughs> but I, I dig- let me let me speed things up here. So, Fitz, um it was funny cuz I saw the 
listing for the estate sale on the Texas Warbird Thunder Facebook page. And our buddy Barry Rayburn put a listing for all these other aircraft that hadn't sold yet. And I always wanted a large cub gasser. Ever since I had my Corsair done, I was like, you know, I really like gasoline engines. I think it'd be nice to have a big gas cub. And a friend gave me one, <clears throat> an actual like super cub that was damaged, heavily damaged with a Zenoa engine, but it's in the attic. It's, it's pretty rough shape. So when I was scrolling through the images, I saw this Taylor craft and I was like, man, it looks like a gas engine. It looks like it's in pretty good shape. And I asked Barry for a price. He said, well, just what do you want to pay? And I told him, he said, okay, they'll take it. I was like, man, that's a, that's a good deal. We have a gas engine and all that. So I had made plans to go, but Austin's in town and we had some other things to do. And I, I just happened to talk to Fitz and said, Hey, buddy, did you, did you see this estate sale? Are you thinking? And he's like, Oh, I already bought something. And then I immediately went, did you buy that zero? And he was like, yep. <laughs> so we were, we were on hive mind frequencies. And I said, Hey, in your trailer. <laughs> exactly. So hey, DM, do you think your car could fit another aircraft? Um, my buddy Fitz was kind enough to go there and investigate further the Taylor craft. And that was a long conversation. I wish I could have recorded it because that in itself would have been an episode, just me picking Fitz's brain while he was there in the shed looking at the airplane. But he said, you know, look, oh, it's in, it's really dirty. And, you know, it, it needs some work. But he goes, on the whole, it's like a six. But if you clean it up and you replace the service, I'd probably give it an eight. And I was like, dang, that's that's a really good number for the price I was offering. But the only, and I, I say downside just because it's not what I was hoping for. The engine is not gas. It's a Super Tiger 3000 and it's seized and it's a big, big 30 cc glow engine, folks. And I have no desire to fly glow. And who was it I was talking to? It's like, how much is it? Was it you, Terry? Like, it was going to cost you $100 to fly that thing right. <laughs> with the price of glow fuel. Even with and, a friend who produces glow fuel, yes. you can't afford it. You know, maybe I just go through the Facebook marketplace and find a, an old weed eater, right? And just <laughs> throw, throw one of those on there. So I was a little disappointed and I talked to Fitz. I said, you know, I'm going to pass. But I just, I said, I'll reach out to Barry and say, hey, Barry, you know, it's not a gas engine. It needs some work. The struts are missing, which by the way, it desperately needs struts. It's it's like kind of a requirement. This thing should not fly without struts. Uh, if you just look at the photos, you can see that there are some questionable wing uh connectivity issues and barry said well uh what do you want to offer without the engine i told him and he said i'll take it or the family would take it so i got a really good deal on the taylor craft fitz was kind enough to bring it home i picked it up you know yesterday at six in the morning at his house and it was amazing i can't i can't you putting that taylor craft in your car fits reminds me of us putting the val in the suburban with everything else we had in it i'm yeah. just surprised that you could do that and the the uh Yellow aircraft zero. Yeah, got them to fit. So I'll real quick show these uh, photos. I was able to take it home and put the wings on. My neighbor's a pilot, and turns out his dad used to shuttle T craft around. Oh, cool. Like he was a, a what you, what, was it called a shuttle pilot? I mean, did they have another name when they yeah ferry ferry. There you go. So uh, his brother is a pilot, so he got his brother on the phone. We're talking about this model, and. We don't know who made this. We don't know if it's a short kit. It appears to be, well, Fitz and I were looking at it and he says, it looks like some of those pieces might have been pre-cut because they're pretty nice. But I have searched and searched and I cannot find any kit maker that makes it look like this, specifically one with a single window 
and definitely one with a questionable wing attachment system as this. There is no spar. There is no one-piece spar that goes through the centerpiece to both wings. It is held on by that. I'm going to go back to a picture here for those of you looking. It is held together with screws, the struts, and those two pieces of plywood in the center section there. And yesterday when I put the plane in my garage, I could tell that the right wing was extremely loose in that centerpiece. So there's going to be some work that needs to be done on it. But it is 108 inches, and I'm hoping a DLE 30 possibly, or is it RCGS fits? Is that the brand? Uh, 30 or they make a 38 maybe it would fit. I think a 35. 35? Yeah. And uh, get that sucker back in the air. And I, you know, I'm a little disappointed the struts aren't there. But the, I guess the other side of that coin is I'm definitely going to reinforce <laughs> this plane. So probably building my own struts might be the better method. Out of rebar. <laughs> so, oh my gosh, that's exactly what I told my neighbor. <laughs> said, it's gonna, it's gonna need rebar <laughs> for that thing. Titanium composite. Uh, well. I- I don't know if this is actually the thing, but I just assumed on small general aviation planes like this, the wing, the right and left wings are removable and they just attach it to the fuselage as a hinge. And then the struts are functional, like critical parts of the structure. It could be, but the screws that hold the struts on are like only three millimeter. So Hmm. it's pretty tiny. Um, I mean, I'm not worried. I think I will sit down and I will investigate further and, and do a better job at reinforcing it, hopefully making it stronger, et cetera, yada, yada. Hmm. Uh, but overall, the plane is not in terrible shape. It has some very old servos, high-tech 300s. And, and, the, and I know this is a conversation we've had before, but in a 180-inch wingspan, the aileron servos are Futaba S148s. And yeah. I'm just like, that's right on the That's just... That servo's screaming <laughs> when you're flying that thing around, shaking in a, a large engine plane like that. So, but I will, I shall replace them. Yeah. If there's any consolation, the 148 is probably the most reliable servo ever made. I love 148. So please don't get me wrong. I've got them in some gliders and old planes in the back. So I do. And I still have, I have a couple new in package that I, I wouldn't sell because I know they're solid, but they're standard size. They're, you know, 40 size. So right. not something I would necessarily put in a 108-inch wingspan. Yeah. Well, a standard-sized digital should be plenty for that application. Oh, yeah. It could be. I have a couple of JR servos that I might throw in there, so we'll see. Uh, overall, I'm I'm pleased, and it could use a little cleaning, but I'm not too keen on doing that. I want to get to fly and see how it goes. But the goal was to have something I could use for a high-wing hoedown event, or in this case, a giant-scale gas event. So, mm-hmm. And there you go. That's so you did get the engine as well. I did get the engine at sea, so I'm just going to remove it. And I wonder, is it one made in Italy or? Yeah, I think the Super Tigers are made in Italy. Well, again, I'm speaking way out of my knowledge base here, but I thought originally Super Tigers were made in Italy, then they transitioned to making them somewhere else. And so the Italian ones actually have some value, but the later ones maybe not so much. Well, I may try to sell it. Maybe get 50 bucks. I did see someone sell one on RC Groups for maybe 50. <laughs> you know, it was in way better shape. So, I mean, you say that and maybe I'll find the right buyer. It, I, a, it's probably a unique engine. And I think in general, the glow engine market is you know, pretty flat and there's not much money to be made. But with some of these you know, unique engines, like that marine engine that I got in the lot, and it sold for a couple hundred bucks. And I was surprised. 
So yeah, two things. A, do you plan on seizing it? And uh, also, we we also remember that uh, glow engines have more power to weight than gas engines. They're the same size. So, and can you yeah. convert it to gas? Uh, people have done that. Why not? Yeah, I, people have done that. I don't have a desire to go down that road. All right. So just drop it off at Fitz's house. Let him sprinkle his magic pixie dust on it. Make it use half a glow fuel. (laughs) (laughs) No, so there is fuel specifically for a Super Tiger 3000. It likes this particular mix, but anyways. hmm. No, I'm not intending. I wanted to guess. They were going down a totally different road, and then I'm going to be rebuilding the whole thing. No, it's might as well bought an ARF. So. Well, I'm just thinking you might be able to recoup some of your investment by finding somebody who actually is interested in an old Super Tiger giant fueled sucker. And I will be doing that. I'll be placing it out. So if you're listening and you're desperate for a Super Tiger 3000, you know, email us, contact at rcroundtable.com. I know a guy that <laughs> can help you out, but I probably will put it up for sale in RC groups. Right. I don't plan on doing anything to it. I'm going to unbolt it and say it's as is. You know, it's been in a shed for probably some time. So, uh, good luck if you get it. Oh. All right. <laughs> I have no story. Behind so, it, so the image is not up anymore, but you had a picture of the zero and the Taylor craft. Are there any close-ups of the zero? No, Fitz didn't give those to me. Okay. So there appears to be some sort of shelf above the engine. Is that a shelf full of lead? I can't zoom in on this gallery image. Sorry. Well, Fitz, do you know? Uh, you know, I don't know. I didn't look at it that in depth. I can't, you can't tell there either. Yeah, check on my just, phone real quick. I might have a... Um, be able to zoom in. By the way, I don't know if you've ever seen that before, but if you can tell on the Taylor Craft, the Super Tiger has a round engine mount that attaches yeah, to the that. back. Mm-hmm. So it's not a beam mount? No. <clears throat> okay, or so- bolt pattern. So I've got another picture I didn't send Lee, but yeah, it's clearly a shelf of some sort. It doesn't look like there's any weight in it, but it's a pretty big shelf. I don't know if we can. <laughs> oh, wait, hold on. Let me here. Let's see. Yeah. It's probably not focused, okay. but All right. you can see there's clearly a shelf that's bolted onto the back of the firewall. Battery? So, Could they put I, I don't know if it's battery or ignition. Oh, or... the ignition module. Yeah. But usually they don't put them up that close. They tend it to. It could be the battery. Yeah, I'm going to guess it's the battery. Because zeros usually need a whole bunch of nose weight, so I wouldn't be surprised if the battery goes there. Yeah, I bet that's what it is. And a NICAD. <laughs> yeah. Speaking right. of which, I, there was a NICAD pack in the Taylor Craft, so that might help you, can, you with the age. Slowly it, right? pulsating. <laughs> Not leaking. <laughs> Not leaking. It might be working. Who knows? Oh, I just uh, know it's got a pilot figure in there. The zero does? Yeah. Well, all right. Cool There's fifty bucks right there. Yeah, it looks a pretty nice one. It's got a flight jacket and helmet. And, huh. Hmm. Hmm. Well, congrats! Yeah. Congratulations to you both on your new acquisitions, your new giant scale acquisitions. Yeah. So after I picked up the plane, shoved it in the back of my suburban, Fitz and I went to Waffle House, had a very interesting breakfast with some very tired staff. And again, that's the, that's the special Patreon. This was, between me and Fitz. This was New Year's Day. 
Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Early this was day. the morning after they'd been serving all the. <laughs> that the poor lady looked like she was about years. to fall flat into my toast. <laughs> she was, <laughs> she was like, doing this. and Fitz was like, "Could you understand her?" <laughs> she had a really thick accent. Oh, yeah, man. it was like every other word I could understand. I was like, uh, she, "She's speaking English, right?" <laughs> <laughs> what kind of accent? Uh, southern. I mean, deep. Oh, southern. really? Deep yeah. south. Deep south. Huh. It was entertaining. I'm glad I get. To, I'm, I'm so glad I get to do stuff like that with Fitz. You know, just to experience the world outside. But you know, <laughs> but we had a. It was, it was funny because we were talking about how when we went to Perry, we went to Waffle House. Excuse me, Waffle House, and that was a great experience. You know, just it's a nice little place to sit and chat. So, right. that's funny. If you guys are ever pay attention to the RC Scrap Pile Facebook page, there's always a debate of um, Whataburger versus. Um, what's the other one? In and out. And so that's just kind of an ongoing theme. So we'll have to get one Waffle House or Denny's. Oh, no, it's it's Whataburger, 100%. Yeah. I, I do actually, not like In and Out. I tried In and Out in another state. And yeah, I thought it was just pretty, not, not well, all that impressive. In fact, one just opened up really close to me. And of course, the lines are around the block several times. Like, yeah, nah, no. <laughs> yeah. Well, up here it's Culver's. But I was saying, since they have that debate, we can have Waffle oh, yeah. House versus Denny's. Sure. There's, there's some people that love In and Out. So it's good, good yeah. for you. All right. Well, that's good to me. I'll have to come over that. So after breakfast, uh, followed Fitz over to the NASA JSC Flying Club. And on your screen is us. And if you can look in the background, it is pouring down rain. <laughs> and his field is flooded. Yeah. <laughs> So does the I see you've got a twin timber there. Does it come with floats? No, but they are optional. Hmm. You can get some for it. Yeah. So there yeah, we need those. It'd be good with floats because it's a differential thrust, so you can have no yes. problems turning around and stuff. <laughs> I'm jumping ahead, but I'll tell you one benefit of water on your runway is it sure is a great break. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That timber comes to a stop <laughs> when you hit a big puddle. It cools the motor down. It's all refreshing. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you're looking at uh, the new El Presidente of JSC. So look at him in all his glory. Look at that guy. <laughs> look at that face. How could you not love the president of the JSC? <laughs> <laughs> yes. There's new leadership at the Johnson Space Center Rail Control Club. Gone is the the impotent republic. Now enter the new era of the Empire <laughs> and of the glorious supreme ruler and benevolent dictator Fitzwalker. Great. Mike Leibel's going to come back and oust you. <laughs> They're going to all beg for him back. <laughs> this was not in his campaign speech. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it comes later. This is not Typical what you politician. <laughs> you need we to learn this. Go ahead, Fitz. Literal version of Crystal Knock. You, <laughs> you have to practice the senator speech, you know. Senator, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> try, try that out the next meeting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you have to maybe start with, you rebel scum. <laughs> well, congrats, so, Fitz. Yeah, yeah congrats. Be, uh, but it'll be interesting. I think we have our meeting this week, as a matter of fact. And I want to say he no, was already week. doing El Presidente things. He was taking photos of the flooding and the strange or lack of draining and, you know, making a list of things to do. So it's a hard job. So for those of you out there that are on a board or you are the El Presidente of your club, uh, we know it's hard work. So we hope your club appreciates all the efforts. And if they don't, well, then you just punch them in the face. <laughs> 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 
Well, uh, Michael Abel, the, f- the previous president, assures me that the job is is not that difficult or um, uh, invasive to your daily life. So we'll see. Yeah, he did that role for a long time. Right? Yeah, I think we settled, what was it, 17 years? Oh, my like gosh. Yeah, he did it for a long time. That's why he stepped out. He says, okay, guys, uncle, I've done it enough. Don't mind bid for king and country. Right. And so... And I was the only sucker, I mean, person to uh, say, all right, I'll do it. And just to squeeze in this, uh, their next, well, I don't know if it's the next event, but the Warbird event is in April. And I have attended several of those with Fitz, and we've had a blast out there. So hope to see you guys out there for the Any Warbird event. And yeah. we'll, we'll announce it later in the in future yeah. episodes. Yeah, late April. So, yeah, so hopefully we can have it this time. It kept getting rained out. <laughs> Um, that should be some sort of greeting card. Like, sad. It's <laughs> staring at the like that meme, the guy just sitting around waiting. Oh, uh, yeah. And sitting <laughs> on a swing. Sitting on a swing, sitting on a, some. I probably should post milk. this on like iFly MA. It's <laughs> like waiting for the rain to stop. But that said, it did kind of clear up a bit it later did. on. Yeah. Well, we did. We got flights in. In fact, you know, here yeah. we go. So here's Fitz flying the Twimber. So did you get your second Twimber flight, Lee? I did. Okay, good. Because you had to wait months for that first one. I did. Lots of coercion. I had fun. I was at Joe Nall. Had a blast. And then I got to fly here. So I enjoyed it. Again, I will say I don't have any problems with it. I do like it. But if I had that in my hands or my Timber X, I would lean towards the Timber X. All right. Well, this is a good yeah, looking thing. Yeah, they're both good in different ways. So it depends on what, what you're looking for out of an aircraft. If you're looking for super hard rubber wheels, this is the ticket. Oh, yeah. Those things are bouncy, bouncy, bouncy. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Does, does Dubro make any large uh, timber wheels or something? Um, they do make some larger diameter lightweight foam wheels. Ah. Yeah, it needs that. They need a timber wheel. It just says timber on a package, and you just put it on whatever timber you like. And But they sell like hotcakes if they're low bounce. Yeah, low bounce tim- twin timber wheels, so they're going to be making money. Is that a three-millimeter axle? You know, I don't know. If so, a direct replacement. I had to look. I don't remember. Yeah. Uh, and there's your uh, cartoon P47, Lee. Well, yes, it's mine, but I Sparky, our buddy Sparky, Key Sparks, made this. I got it from him uh, from Best. He was selling some of his planes. And I have, for some reason, I, I mentioned this before, I now I have an affliction for P47 Thunderbolts, specifically the Razorback. I like the Razorback oh. model, but I had now have four P47s in my arsenal. So, really? And yeah, isn't that crazy? It stuck up on us. It did. And this one, I had to replace the motor in ESC because there was some crazy screaming going on at best. So I yanked it all out. I did put a lower KV motor in there, and that kind of uh, sacrificed the flight performance here. And that's an 8.4 GWS prop. So I will increase the pitch on that. But that being said, full throttle or close to full throttle flying, she's a, she's fun. And Fitz even got her, got her, got his hands on her. So, yeah, those cartoon planes fly well. I've got um, a kit for the P51B model that I need to build, but I've flown several of them and they look funny, but they fly well. That did. I mean, it was one point that I think maybe you were taking pictures, Fitz, and I had my hands off the transmitter, just flew right by. Yeah. So it's very nice. So thank you, Sparky, for that. I really do enjoy it. I'm glad I got the motor in there, and I'll change the prop out and give it another spin. That flies on 3S700. Parkflyerplastics.com yeah. or there something like that. Plug in. Yeah. And should we announce 
what he just told us in the text yesterday? Uh, no, let's confirm okay. he, he wants it <laughs> distributed to the world. Everybody's going, what? Look at <laughs> Stay tuned on episode 190. Uh, <laughs> we'll reveal the answer. <laughs> so we'll that's why you build drama. <laughs> Buy his book. He's got an ink book, book on how to build with foam. Building with foam. Yeah. Still available. Yep. I've got an autographed copy. I have two copies. <laughs> so oh, really? Why? Yeah. I think he gave me one and I already, ha- I was like, I already have one of your copies. He goes, I'll take another one. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's because the hmm. one I had may have gotten secondhand from somebody. So it's an older version and he had some updates. Yeah. He does do yeah. updates from time to time. We'll do I had the first printing and resin was mis- misspelled all through it. It was spelled <laughs> Elvers. <laughs> it was, it was resign Racing. or something. It was, a, it was an automatic spell check thing that yeah. changed all the words for automatically for him somehow. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah, that was fun, and yeah, we survived the rain. It was on again, off again, and then of course it was hilarious when we were done and we were leaving. Fitz turned his car next to me. He goes, "That sun came out," and sure enough, we look over our shoulder and it's just ah. Oh. As you're leaving, the sun came out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's that's symbology there. Yeah, but we flew and we had a good time, and so we welcomed in 2024. In all its glory. So, yep. Thanks, Fitz, for everything for grabbing that plane for me, making that trip, and and letting me come to your house in the morning. Not, not a problem. It's a great day out. Thanks for coming out. So we're recording this on January second. So this was yesterday for you guys. I haven't flown this year yet, so I should fix that. But the last time we talked, I was telling you guys about that cobweb, and what I'm about to say has already been in a post on Facebook. So not news to some people, but Lee, you're making fun of me because I put old GPS (laughs) servos in this thing. And I talked about how it had some weird pitch oscillations. I thought it was a loose wing mount. It wasn't. I went to flight the next time and I noticed, well, first of all, I have to confess fully here. When I first plugged it in, the elevator was acting kind of erratic. And then I wiggled the, transmitter stick enough that it started working normally. I'm like, ah, it's fine. I'll just go fly it. And then a couple minutes after flying it, it was doing the oscillations again. And as I flew by super slowly, I'm like, oh, the elevator's not moving at all. I could still control pitch with the throttle a little bit. So I was able to get it back on the ground. But I was like, dadgummit, Lee was right. I had a bad servo. So uh, I brought it in. I had another old GWS servo a pico this one was a pico ball bearing swapped that in i've flown a few times since then it's been fine so knocking on wood that one will last a little while so thank you for your your insight lee and i encourage those of you who aren't on facebook first off go visit and subscribe like you know stamp whatever follow uh, the facebook page because there's some good conversation because i rather enjoy the banter you know, yes, people were, some people were trashing me, but I did get some, some people defended me. I was like, you're so brave, Terry, to admit when you're wrong and then to do it again. Right. <laughs> so, but yeah, that's always good conversation. So please do that, guys. Uh, you know, join in on the fun, have the conversation with us. Yeah. So yeah, I, that one's small enough and slow enough. I can fly it in my front yard with no problem. I just haven't done it yet. It's been uh, a little bit windy the past couple of days. So once it calms down enough, I'll get out there and do it. And it's cold. So I'm just being kind of a baby about it. It'll happen though. So what's next on our list? Have we, t- have we talked about why we, 
didn't record between Christmas and New Year's, which was our original plan. And we got right up to the, the crest of it and then had to bail out. Felinus interruptus. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Lee, this is you. Come on. Is this me? Do I have to it's talk you. about it? Do I have to? You don't have to give the, the full story, but at least give us the elevator pitch. Uh, I have a cat, an orange cat, a big, <laughs> fat, orange, fluffy cat. And then Sounds now like everybody else is like, oh, I know this story. I know what's coming. Yeah. Uh, my stupid cat, Cody. And maybe y'all seen. I don't know if I've had. Uh, maybe I have to post a photo of Cody up on the uh, on our Facebook page. Cody has. He's stupid. He's really dumb. And I guess he just wants to commit suicide. But about five years ago, Cody got into. And maybe some listeners will know what this is. Uh, there is a waxy string, a twine that you use to wrap cables. Uh, usually in a network room and you would tie communication cables with it and you snip it and you tie. It's just, it's a very common, but it's very waxy. I have a roll of it. It has been in my office. Austin borrowed it. And then my cat decided to chew on it and he chewed on it and he chewed on it and he chewed on it. And we didn't know anything was wrong until Cody was showing signs of just, he wasn't very lethargic. He was not doing well. And then we realized he was sick. So we took him to the vet and immediately had to have surgery Two thousand dollars later, they pulled out a five foot length of string from my cat, oh, and he had God. to have other you know resection. Yeah, five feet, guys, one whole piece. And they say he's on the Hall of Fame, and <laughs> he recovered. Shame or shame? Yeah, probably Both. shame. And so he's done this before, and he just like now we had to Cody proof the house. So we have been very very careful about string, and now now you already know what's happening. But it's Christmas time. And so we had our bags and stuff down. We do not use a ribbon to wrap presents anymore. All we do are bows. We'll stick on bows. He doesn't seem to be attracted to the bows. But we brought our boxes down, and we went to an event, came back, and my wife found a tinsel string roll on the floor next to one of the boxes. This is a box that just had bags in it. So this must have fallen like deep down inside. My cat dug it out and chewed it, swallowed it. And we were freaking out for the first few days. And then three days later, he was throwing it up. So, so what was the stuff that he ate? Tinsel bow string. I mean, tinsel string. You know, the still you tie bows with in for Christmas okay. presents. Tinsel, you know, shiny, sharp. It's like mylar, shiny. Well, it's like rough. It's rough. I mean, it's like okay. you could give someone a nice rope burn if you ran that through their hands. And I need to speed this up because, you know what, it's just so, it's a long, depressing, stupid story because it's a cat. <laughs> But I ended up taking him to the vet for over three days, getting him IV fluids, monitoring him, x-raying him, cha-ching, folks. But finally, after several days, the, the two doctors that were monitoring Cody said, you know what? It looks like he might pass what's ever in him. We can't be sure it's string, yada, yada. So just monitor him. Well, <laughs> you know, I'm saying this now. It's January 2nd. My next, the next podcast is Cody's gone. Uh, he's still on watch because he has not been going to the restroom very well. I mean, so he we, he's eating and he's up and he's not throwing up. So, you know, he's alive and that's what's freaking us out. Like he's just he's acting like there's wrong, but he's not been going to the restroom enough to say that we're out of the woods yet. So anyway, there you go. My cat had to go to the emergency room. I was I've been up several hours, you know, with him and trying to take care of him. And we've all been sitting in with him, you know, trying to make sure he's okay. So we're all on Cody watch, but he's just, you know, he's still a dumb self. There you go. I think that's. I got to probably cut it short because it's kind of making me mad how much that cat <laughs> cost me again. And he didn't even have the surgery, <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> but that's a, that's a really tough surgery, man. They, that's a very evasive, you know, dig in and 
pull the intestines out to right. pull string. He's uh, going to put it out his bows, though. So. <laughs> Oh man, and I I I laugh now because we are out of the woods. You know, I mean, meaning we're better than we were. But unfortunately, I'm I I have a family member who lost a cat for mating string. It's and it's something that cats do. In fact, it was you know we the the nice thing is that they were very sympathetic. It's like yeah, unfortunately, we have to put some animals down because it gets so bad or they, it's too late. You know, by the time the people bring the cats in, they can't they can't save them. So Cody's made it through. He's now down to seven. He might be down less than that. We don't know other things he's done. He just happened to you know, squeak by. So we might be running down on his lives. But there you go. There's the story. All right. Prayers for Cody Poop. <laughs> that, is, that he can get everything out. You have to post updates on Facebook. Oh, uh, no. That's it. We're done. I'll send you all a photo of him. He's a big fan. Oh, my gosh. I'll add this, though. <laughs> this is great. So we had a wonderful staff at the veterinary. This is a new vet we went to because my doctor was swamped. And this one nurse, I came in the next morning because we had to keep sending him in the morning to get fluids. Um, you know, told her the story. She was new. She didn't know the case. And she went down to grab the carrier and pick it up. And she dropped him because she was expecting him to be a little cat. And she, she must have let out some four-letter word or something because we were like, okay. And she, just, and, and she dropped him because he's 17 pounds. He's wow. this big cat in a small carrier. And she had to, she was like carrying him back with both hands down the hallway. I was like, holy Moses. And unfortunately, he didn't like her very much because she kept saying, that cat just hissed at me all day. I was like, well, <laughs> not where he wants that, to be. That cat is like anybody. He didn't like you, Fitz. That's true. I'm so sorry. He does not like you. <laughs> I think you just ignored me the times I was at your house. He doesn't like my mom. He doesn't like my mom. He's really, you know, he's very affectionate to me and the boys. You know, huh. he tolerates Cindy. Cindy's not a big fan of him. So <laughs> not that she hates him. Just saying, you know, Abby, my other cat, was way better. Ten hundred thousand times better than Cody. So he can he's not hear you. I do he knows. I tell him every day when he, when I was in there with Cody Watch, it's like you're the worst. <laughs> you have never each string. No, she didn't. So, no. Speaking yeah. of vets, I got a haircut today. Thank you. Um, but you know, this is a haircut place that caters to men, and so a lot of those places they have TVs that play reruns of old famous football games or things like that. <laughs> the Man Show. This, <laughs> or that, yeah. So when I got my haircut today. They had um, some veterinarian show, the country vet. And so I'm getting my hair cut while they're delivering horses, like foals and stuff. What a bloody, I mean, I'm not going to say disgusting, but wow, this guy is shoulder deep in this horse, wrapping chains around a horse's neck to pull it out. And that's not what I was expecting to see while I was uh, getting my Maybe haircut. I should show them that and say, could you get the string out of Cody doing that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's how they do it. They just don't want to see the how the sausage is made. Right. They didn't even put on like the arm sleeves, the little arm condoms. He was just took dude took off his shirt and just went in. What? I saw oh, something like that on uh you ever see Clarkson's farm? Oh no, I know uh, what you're talking about. So Jeremy uh, Clarkson, same guy. Yeah, from- it's really good. It was surprisingly good. I didn't think it was gonna be anywhere near that good. But okay. He has to do something like that to a cow. I think it's giving birth or something. And uh hilarity ensues. Yeah. <laughs> And at one point, he's using a drone, too, to fly around his farm, and that was also pretty funny. Hmm. All right. So, hey, speaking of the devil, do we talk about the midair that happened a couple of days ago? Oh, my goodness. Is there any real information to be had on that? So, in Daytona, a Part 107 pilot flying a DJI Mavic 
contacted a helicopter. I think, was it a Robinson? Yeah, I think a Robinson R44, I think. Yeah, something like that. It was uh, doing a tourist flight, I believe. Yes. I don't know any details about how it happened, but it was a legit 107 flight. Sounds like the guy did all the things he was supposed to do, but they still except except see and avoid. You know, this is a great conversation. I wish we could talk to more people about it. I haven't had a conversation outside of us or my son because Austin goes to Henry Riddle. As soon as I told him the story, he has been researching it. And there is, this is, I mean, side note here. I also help monitor the No Before You Fly Facebook page. And someone tagged, the police department actually tagged the No Before You Fly. So we knew that they had said, hey, you need to go to this page and learn what you can do about drones. It's like, okay, now it's getting risky. But that conversation has really built up. And, you know, there are people on both sides. Uh, and, you know, those who are stern, hey, all full-scale aircraft have right away. And then there are others that's like, well, he had received his Lance approval. He was on a corporate job. He was where he should be. And this helicopter was under 200 feet. And from what it appears, the helicopter may have been landing. So it was in a landing pattern to this helipad. But Austin was saying that this helipad was not marked on the UAS data map. It's not within the controlled airspace. So there are, I mean, I'm curious what you guys think. And if you want to strike up a conversation, maybe I'll post. And in fact, I will after this uh, recording and I'll, you'll see it on Facebook. I'll put the link from the department and just see if anybody else wants to add their conversation to it. But as far as me, I mean, this is where we knew we would be. We would have a situation where, and in this case, we had the Blackhawk one in New York. So that was military. But I think this is the first commercial slash passenger. Would that be correct? Uh, as far as I know, and nobody died. The helicopter did not oh. crash. It, it landed. And, yeah. <laughs> the Mavic did not. <laughs> it, it, yeah, I think it's dust. And, and in defense of the pilot, the drone pilot, they they were involved immediately. They did not run away. They didn't hide there. They they were contacting the police department. They said everybody was you know talking about the investigation. And so far, everybody's against, or at least everybody seems to be voting against the drone pilot. You should be seeing and avoiding. You didn't have a visual observer. It was he was alone. How many, how often, I mean, sorry, but if you're out in your patio, 200 feet is not very high. How often do you get a helicopter coming that low? And, uh, you know, and he, wouldn't he have heard it? That was the other question some people ask. I mean, usually when you're doing scene avoid, you hear that kind of stuff. And yeah, could, he, could he have heard it and just been hovering? Maybe thinking he was clear. Yeah, maybe. Maybe you heard it and it came down to 200 feet. He was much higher. Yeah. It's insufficient data, so I'm hesitant to say too much without knowing more information. It could have been. Never stopped you know, us before. I yeah. wonder. I wonder if Blanco Lirio is going to do that on YouTube. I'll oh, yeah, keep an eye open. I think the key is what can we learn from this and prevent it from happening yet? What What was the 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 break in the in the procedures or the, or whatever? And see right. if that can be. Is that something they can address? Yeah, I'm curious because the drone was hit with the blades of the helicopter. So I'm trying to think of any scenario where the drone starts out below. You would think it has to come from above and get sucked down. Oh, right, maybe right. there's some other flow. It could be that. if it's in yeah. forward flight, you've got to tilt other main rotors too. It could have just right, which is just, you know, still coming from above, but it still yeah. sounds like what they call the golden BB, right? It's just that yeah. on the oh, thing I, in New York where it hit a Blackhawk, did it hit the rotors there or did it hit the fuselage? Don't remember. I don't. Know I want to say it was rotors. Okay, Probably rotors again, yeah. but I'm not sure. You know, there are so many 
if ands all this scenarios that you could put in your head and i go back to that situation and and please forgive me i don't remember if it was this year uh excuse me 2023 or before but you had those two tourist helicopters hit each other one guy was descending it was situational awareness i mean that seems to be the key for this and you know texas raiders crash but it was situational awareness where the guy in one helicopter was coming down the other guy was taking off and they could not see each other all right and this is kind of the same thing although the Part 107 pilot, he was looking at a screen. No way he could really see the surroundings unless he was keeping his eyes open. But, you know, you have this. It's unfortunate. And then, what, yesterday we had the airliner landing at the Japanese airport and ran over a Coast Guard aircraft. Not I don't about that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's big in the news right now. Killed five of the passengers of the Coast Guard aircraft. I did not see that. Well, they had also had a big earthquake. I think that kind of over. They were either coming back or leaving for service for that. Uh. And so, yeah, but all the people on the plane survived. But again, situational awareness. It was dark in this case, and it's possible someone provided the incorrect clearance. But going back to the part 107, this was what we knew could happen. Someone would be flying. And in this case, uh, under regulations. I mean, this guy was doing, not knowing the full story, it appears to be doing exactly what he should have been doing. Called Lance, had his plan, was flying the flight, and... For some reason, this pattern just uh, crossed it. There are two patterns crossed each other. Hmm. But yeah, I'm curious what y'all think. So look for that post there. And if not, if you don't go on Facebook and you want to share us your thoughts, or if you have some other information, go to contact at rcroundtable.com and let us know. All right. You want to talk about your 3D printer stuff, Lee? Sure. I'll jump on that. So during some of the Christmas downtime, I uh, wanted to replace the stock gear on my multiplex Pilatus Porter. This was a plane I got at the Perry swap meet with my buddy Fitz. It was like, the, <laughs> I was landing heading gear? out the door. Yeah. The landing gear. Okay. I have a Pilatus Porter right here. I'm not going to turn around and show you the gear, but it's a funky gear. It sits up real high. It's got the front struts are, you have springs on them. So that's mm-hmm. the main in the back just kind of keeps it straight. And the problem with the stock is it's cheap plastic and they, the, little pistons, I guess, and it will keep coming apart and it's broken once or twice. And in fact, I've talked to somebody else. I think it was Tom. And he said, yeah, that's the weakest link of that aircraft is the landing gear. So as soon as they broke the last time, I was like, you know, I don't need this. I don't need to be trying to repair this. I don't want to just throw something in there. Well, (laughs) if you guys happen to catch one of our most popular videos right now, my son's Aero Scout on 4S screaming down the runway, you'll know that because of problems we've had or... (laughs) problems we've had with our aero scouts uh we've ripped the gears off so make them faster and more fun so mine doesn't have gear his doesn't have gear and so i had his leftover gear so i sat there and put him next to the Pilatus porter said that would work <laughs> so if you're looking on the screen right now you'll see that this is the aero scout gear actually looks pretty darn good in that stance because that's about the the same height that you have <laughs> and i 3d printed this little bracket that goes underneath the fuselage. It actually screws into, uh, it's interesting. I'm, I'm not sure, but I think maybe the Pilatus Porter comes with an optional float system so that it has uh, slide-in gear slots, plastic little molds. That's that the multiplex version? multiplex, mm-hmm. Okay. And so um, there are hard places to put in screws. So I'm, I'm probably not going to stick with these screws. I just did this to make sure I could work. I'll probably put in maybe three eighths nylon just so I have them as, you know, what do you call it? Breakaway. The sacrificial. Exactly. 
But I 3D printed this. This is the fourth version. <laughs> I did my best. I'm not great at this. In fact, Fitz and I, for a while yesterday morning, I was drawing out what my struggle was to make these ovals, you know, and for the, the gear. But I figured it out, got it working, and it's pretty strong. So I'm happy with that. And so what materials did you use? That's PLA plus. Okay. Hmm. We'll see. I might not stand up to the abuse. You might have to go with something a little more exotic, but I guess see how it works. Yeah, well, guess what? The plastic before did not stand up to landing, <laughs> <laughs> which was not abuse. <laughs> Just I personally would have tried nylon, and if you have issues, I can send me the files. I can print a nylon piece. Nylon, schmylon, PLA plus. <laughs> My Cessna 337 was under PLA plus, so. Okay. <laughs> I'm, right. well, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, Fitz. Yes, I can certainly send you the STLs if you want to try printing it. And I'll do credit to you, Lee, for creating this, but I think I would have tried light ply. It looks like it's a plate with a slot for the aluminum gear. Is that? Well, oh, that's uh, so 20th century, Terry. Get, get with the I get it. I know. <laughs> well, what you can't see is that each leg is separate. Okay. The so one comes in from the right, one from the left. Right. right. And there's an oval cutout in each leg that fits into a slot on the 3D print. Oh, and that piece on top holds those two down flush. All right. So there's a little complexity in there that's hidden. A little bit, not much. I mean, it's really basic and I use Tinkercad folks. <laughs> I'm just not that guy, but it works and it's pretty strong. In fact, I was holding the legs and I was doing this with it just to see if, what would happen. It was definitely way stronger. Now it doesn't flex as much as the springs, but again, it was so bouncy before too with the mm. other one and uh, we'll give it a try. So just saying for those of you who haven't tried 3d printing yet and, Maybe there's some good after Christmas sales out there. What is the name of the printer? I've completely gone blank. It's the the bamboo. Yeah, bamboo labs. Is, Excellent carbon. Do you have the one that's multicolored? Yes. So our buddy Joe Vermillion has one. He's printing like he's a, an insane man. He, oh, look, <laughs> there we go. Hold on, me show. Uh, <laughs> he is printing night and day. That poor thing is draining the power from the grid in his neighborhood. Uh, so he loves it. And that has encouraged me to tell people, Hey, you, you gotta have fun with this and build more 3d parts. So I'm pretty happy with what I've been here. I've got my three, three, seven finished back here. I haven't glued it together, but there's a, there's a lot of fun to have with 3d printing and you might find a one, yeah. one part you just can't find, but you can do it yourself. Yeah. I just did the same thing. I made something I needed. It's custom made. And I was able to draw it up, print it out. So it's really, really handy, especially and, if you learn to draw. That's the key is to be able to learn to draw. Even if it's just basic stuff, you'd be surprised what you can make just with basic shapes and stuff. I want to give credit to Fitz. He's absolutely right. This probably should have been nylon. I don't have nylon. And the only other, the next level up is I have PETG. And I could have used that, but I just wanted to see how quickly I could get this printed and, you know, again, make it fit and work, which it does. So if I do have issues where it's falling apart or something, I, I definitely would upgrade to possibly nylon. Hmm. Cool. Speaking of 3D printing, you got yours working, Terry. Have you done anything else with yours? No, I made those few parts I talked about last time for the RC10 and uh, hasn't done much since then. When I get around to actually building that thing, I'll probably print some more. Alrighty. Uh, wanted to go back uh, a little bit. We talked about Fitz and I flying. We didn't tell anybody. We didn't announce it, but there is a video on our Facebook page that we did a live. <laughs> I made like three people jumped in and then disappeared. Uh, but we had fun, you know, so Fitz and I have a little short video of us flying in the rain. So if you haven't seen that yet, go check it out. 
Was Fitz mic'd up? He wasn't. I just okay. had my phone. So, and in fact, there's a time when he he's talking. I turn the camera on. I walk backwards and I put it right next to his head. <laughs> I knew he was. You probably couldn't hear it. So okay. I was trying to stay as close as I could to him. Yeah. I'll remember next time. Sorry, folks. All right. So on the next topic, we I think are prepared to do another three view on a thirty year old model. I have one. Fitz has one. Lee just got one, but hasn't talked about it yet. So now's your chance. Well, actually, I think if give me a second here, I can pull up my screen here. Let me uh, remove. I'm drawing a blank. I don't remember. I know what he's talking about. Let me see if I can pull up my screen here real quick. Uh, there we go. Let me do, do, do. that. That's the Whoa, one. Yeah. 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 All right. So uh, again, Fitz is the best friend ever. Sorry, Terry, but <laughs> there was a there was an auction that I was looking at, and there was this spare cat, and Fitz had bought. Well, Fitz and I decided to go halvesies because there were some extra parts in this one. So he said I could use some of that. So Fitz was kind enough to complete the auction and get it shipped. But if you look very carefully, <laughs> there's some minor damage. This 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 was broken. The, the whole horizontal is broken, and this is completely warped. I know it's fixable. We'll figure it out. But it does not appear to be flown. For all you blind listeners out there, <laughs> oh, this is the Cox Electric Bearcat. That I, I flew mine a few weeks ago. We figured out it has 15-foot lines. And if you remember, the control lines are actually conductive wires, insulated conductive wires. So you wear the battery on your belt, and then the control lines conduct power to the motor on 15 foot lines. And so that's, that's short. Yeah. So I already know what I'm going to do. I'm going to pull, depending on what you thought the right gauge was, cause I was going to ask you, Terry, cause I, I want to run. Well, I think I mentioned this. I want to go brushless. You know, I, I kind of want to upgrade this thing. I know I saw your head tilt. <laughs> it it goes you. fast that, enough with that brush motor. That's why we do three view. We all do it differently. So my method is to go harder, more expensive and <laughs> more difficult. Yes. You're going to so, make it a twin. <laughs> exactly. It needs to, and a pusher. The, yes, uh, a pusher. I think what we could do is run a braided fish line as the main line and then have another gauge run down it. So you have all the tension on the fishing line and that way you could choose either. I mean, I didn't know how much power you thought this drew, but do you know what gauge this currently is? Is that like, I would guess it's around 18? 20 or 22. Oh, it's pretty small. Yeah, really? yeah. So it's got a really big thick jacket then because I, I was holding that wire and it felt pretty thick. Um, it's yeah, it's got normal uh, PVC insulation on it. So I don't know. I not to tell you how to do things. I was considering, you know, the motor that's in there is a very heavy brush motor. I think if you go with a reasonably powerful brushless, you could put an onboard lipo at the same weight and triple the power. Yes. And oh, not have to worry about those conductive. Yes. Lines. You the receiver I, I, in there, yeah. You know, uh, speaking of like old motors, we talked about uh, the Corsair that he had and, and like mine's a Hi-Max Outrunner. I actually have a very tiny Hi-Max Outrunner that maybe that would be adequate. There's all yeah. sorts of Outrunners out there that We'll spin that six four prop or six well, three something like that, and I think really that's fast. what I've got. So it's an out, it would be an equivalent power ratio. Well, cool. it's probably better, but but I, yeah, I need a lot more nose weight. <laughs> I I don't know if you do. 
No, I mean, uh, the, the Outrunner is so small and light. I oh, bet. yeah, just to shove the battery up there. Yeah. But, yeah, and then double the length of the control lines. You can fly that thing exactly. in your living room right now. <laughs> and you're going to need it so you can sit down on the couch after a few laps. Yeah, so that'll be fun. All right, I, so what repairs do you have to do? It looked like the tail feathers were a little bit tweaked. The tail is cracked. It's got two cracks in it, and it's separated from the fuselage, and then the tail is completely warped. Now, I, I don't know. I haven't looked, but the way it it looks like the tail, correct me if I'm wrong. Do you have yours handy? Mm, it's on the other side of the room. I can it grab it if it's like, necessary. Well, I'm saying tail. It looks like the fin, because it's a one-piece fin, is molded into one side of the fuselage. And that's okay. kind of unfortunate because if it was removable, I could just heat it up and lay it between two books or something. And I could probably flatten it out and let it cool down. But if it's part of a fuselage, it's going to be a little trickier because I don't know how I can split the whole fuselage to get the fin flattened. I'm, I'm sure I can figure something else, but it's just, it's like this. Yeah. It's really curved. <laughs> the banana shape. But I do want to fly it. I mean, I, I do love it. In fact, I also need to get the Cox Cessna 150 that Fitz brought back to me. That son of a, <laughs> he took it home. It started right up. <laughs> It's like, oh, oh I cleaned it. I cleaned it. <laughs> so I need to get that stuck in the air. So we have to have a control line day, Fitz, to go out to SCOBY or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I still have another control line I haven't finished, and I've got the Oh, twister. that one from Israel. Yeah, the B. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I I've, we need to have that. a control. Fitz, let's have a RC, an RC roundtable control line day. Sounds like a plan. And then we'll have Terry on, on a monitor. RC round and round and round table. Oh, look at you marketing. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. That'd be All fun. Right. Well, speaking of unfinished bear cats, what's up with yours, Fitz? He posted a photo. <clears throat> yeah, I had to put it aside because I spent three and a half mother f- f- days cleaning <laughs> up the workshop. It took like three times longer than I thought it would be. <clears throat> but the it's it's getting there. I'm surprised at the progress I made. The engine is mounted. Uh, do I have the throttle servo in there? No, I need to hook up the throttle servo. Is, is I think one of the last things to do. Um, You've and, got a Sato radial in it. Yeah, Sato FG90 radial. Is it gas? And, uh, gas. Yep, gas. With a, a kilo ring, which is nice. And is that the exhaust. Yeah, it kind of. Combines all the exhaust. It's supposed to sound a lot better with the kilo ring. Cool. And uh, so it's actually fairly close to me being able to start it up. I just need to get the throttle servo installed and double check a few things. All the other servos are installed. Or ailerons, flaps, rudder, uh, elevator. That it's all done. Uh, there's not a whole lot of pieces to it. So and I put the engine in, checked the cowl. So it looks like everything matches up pretty good. Uh, so yeah, I just had to put it aside for some other stuff. So I'm not sure when I get back to it because I got some review models to work on. So, All right. yeah, I was, I was trying to. I'm looking at my monitor over here. I was looking for the photo you posted of it on your bench. So I'm not sure where that is, but you had yeah. a photo of it in the engine. I think is it in Hobby View instead of Roundtable? I thought so. No, oh, it's I haven't Instagram. mentioned Hobby View. Oh, eventually, it'll be a Hobby View video. I just haven't. Okay, haven't put anything up yet. <clears throat> so, do we ever figure out who makes that kit? Arf, whatever it is. Yeah, it came from, what is it, Warbird Models here in uh, Houston, Galveston, I believe they're located. And they donated it to the Round Top event, and I won it. Uh, I forgot the name of the company. It's not CY Models, maybe? Oh. I uh, you have the box. Nice. <laughs> yeah, it's in the other room. But 
barely the box, but uh, it's um, fiberglass fuselage, sheeted wings. Um, really quite nice. Not a whole lot of parts to it. Navy blue uh, with stripes. Um, it's nice that the engine will fit right inside the cowl without cutting the cowl to pieces. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, I just have to make, cut the bottom out a little bit for the exhaust. So I'm really looking forward to starting it up, see if the engine runs. It looks like the engine has been run a bit. Uh, so I probably need to double check. I talked to somebody at Joel Nile, as a matter of fact, who had the exact same engine and he gave me some tips on getting it, uh, broken in and tuned and stuff. So I have a few things I'll need to check before starting it up. And, uh, it takes a different mix of gasoline oil too, is it? Oh, my other stuff uses more oil percentage than the other stuff. Huh. What what's, what's, what's that? What's the finished size of the airplane? It's got a 87 inch wingspan, if I remember correctly. Oh, okay. That's pretty big for a Bearcat. Yeah, it is. It's a good size model. It's just a big one. Right. But supposedly fly well at the little. Uh, I had a little electric one, and a club president has, previous club president has one. He seemed to like it around that yeah. same size. So we'll see. It's funny because I'm not exactly a huge Bearcat fan. Uh, nothing against them per se. Just I always thought the rudder looks funny. It's like this tall, thin oh, rudder. Yeah, yeah. I, just, I thought it looked out of place on the plane. It's like Fitz, were you at the Pearl Harbor? I think it was Pearl Harbor event where those guys who all get together and fly the same aircraft. They had the yeah. Bearcat, and I want to say one of them, the rudder came loose. It was something separated or the glue joint failed or something, but it was just vibrating and they la- they landed it kind of like that B-17 <clears throat> video that um, uh, I was saying RC geek, but Chris Wolf posted. You know, oh yeah. I think that was from uh, Bomber Field. This is from Bomber, but it was a sim- yeah. very similar situation where it was yeah. just looked, it was like, is your rudder vibrating violently, my friend? <laughs> He's like, oh yeah, <laughs> I'm coming in. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, I check hope, that before you take off. <laughs> yeah, I will double check that. It's a pull pull thing kind of rudder. So yeah, hopefully I'll have it ready by the time we have to start getting the warbird uh flying season starts up. All right. No rush. I saw your garage. You've got a lot of stuff on your plate. Yeah, and that was after days of work and it still needs a lot of work. But uh, <laughs> it's it's coming along, so. All right. Did you change anything about your Wi Fi setup out there so you can broadcast from there again? No, I guess I'll broadcast. I added another Matrix, what do you call it? Uh, not Matrix. Uh, another router thing. Mesh. Mesh, yeah, another mesh router. We'll see. All right. You have to give us an update on what it looks like now. Like, would the casual observer see a difference, or is, is it all in the eye of the beholder? Not a huge difference. Uh, it would be probably mostly not a beholder. Some of the tables have been cleaned off now, so they're much cleaner, but. There's still a lot of stuff. I'm still working on organization. And I had an idea about, we were talking about um, the pegboard. All right. And cleaning up, I had an idea about where I could put pegboard. And so I want to try that and see if it works. In his bedroom. No, no, no. no. <laughs> this bathroom has some space on this wall. <laughs> no, in, in the workshop, in the workshop, but we'll see. Uh, I'll let you know if it works out or not. All right, cool. So what do you guys want to talk about next? I'll just add this. Oh, nice. That's Austin flying something full scale. A Piper like a Arrow. Piper or something? Mm-hmm. Piper Arrow. Where is he? Hmm? Where is he? It's, uh, he's here in Houston. My oh. uh, good friend Ryan, who has the Piper Arrow at an airport nearby, he called him and says, hey, can Austin go flying? And before I could say, hey, Austin, he was out the door. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. And 
Looks Thanks like to my buddy. He's, I'm sorry. Looks like he got some stick time. He did. He got two days of flying last week. So I promised him just this is a story. So uh, he did really well at Embry Riddle his first semester. And he knows that if he does real well his second semester, that he can have pilot license or pilot lessons, flying lessons. There we go. Uh, this summer, probably from David Wayne Hooks. So he's eager to do that. And like you said, he, I told him, I said, listen with your ears and not your mouth when you're up there. <laughs> Just oh, listen yeah. to Mr. Dusick, you know, have him tell you stuff. And he said he did. He learned a lot of stuff from the flying. And in fact, he sent me a photo. I don't have it. I won't show it. <laughs> he showed me a photo of the dash and he goes, what do you see in this photo? I'm looking at the the uh, vertical, uh, what do you call it? The VSI Age, vertical, vertical uh, climb climb rate. Yeah, climb, and it's yeah, in climb it's in the whole complete negative. <laughs> the bank angle's like 45. Out of the air. <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay, why are you falling exactly? Why are you doing a dive? And he was like, you nailed it, Dad. I was like, okay, so they they do maneuvers. They practice these maneuvers. So that's one of them to do a nice deep turn, kind of like what you have in tow pilots. You know, when they tow up gliders and they separate, you have to. Your yeah. Bank down. yeah, the towpod uh, does a death spiral. Ooh. Yeah, well, we didn't call yeah. it that, but it's just kind of <laughs> he was sharing that with me. It was like, you know, here we are. What 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 course are we doing? So he's learning yeah. it. He's practicing yeah. it. So I I hope that works out well for him. I'd like to see him get that. All right, cool. Congratulations, congratulations, Austin. Uh, well, is that the right word? Way to go. Good job on uh, yeah on your studies. Yeah, yeah, because first semester can be real tough. Yeah. For sure. I'd like to add, if I didn't already, but I'm not sure if I'd put it in the last podcast or mentioned, but the um, group Tango 31 Club in Dallas, I'm, I know I mentioned in a podcast long ago, it's a, it's a group that these rich guys built a hangar and bought planes for these young students, but in high school age, to have them learn how to build planes and repair planes. And they're all these guys are, you know, trainers and professional electricians and all that jazz or mechanics. So these guys are all learning that. Well, one of their students who I've just happened to see, you know, the photos they post, everybody has a nickname. Her nickname is Ponytail. And they came to Air Venture one year, but she graduated Daytona in three and a half years. And she's wow. a dual, she's dual rated. She's private. She's a CFI. She's, I don't know what mechanic level she's at, but she's like one or two, but you know, she's going for her commercial license. So huh. I think that kind, that kind of stuff inspires Austin. It's like, it's yeah. right there. I know you're not an airline pilot. You're not going there for flying, but you get your flying done here cheaply. You okay. you understand the, the talk that's going up there. You can work directly with these guys. So I think he's got he's got a future. Yeah, that's awesome. So are you guys planning to fly this weekend? Yes, Austin and I are going to fly this weekend because okay. he leaves Sunday. Oh, okay. Cool. So I don't... Months. Oh, I guess this, he's not coming home for spring break. Nope. He's going, he's got, he made other plans, so we won't yeah. see him. Right. So yeah, suddenly he gets to be a Daytona at a fun time of the year. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it's, if it's still like it was in the late nineties, but, or excuse me, late eighties, early nineties, but yeah, we'll see. Place was a well, zoo back then. I keep showing Fitz photos of all the girls that are there now. He's like, that was, what's going on? This is so <laughs> it's not the same school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> If you go to their Instagram page, you definitely go, this is not Embry Riddle. (laughs) (laughs) AI. It's AI pictures. (laughs) I don't know about flying, but I am planning to go to a swap meet. And this one is in Beloit, Wisconsin, which is way down south, close to the Illinois border. It is. It's where, yeah, I'm familiar with that place. 
Yeah, so I went to a fun fly there late summer. That's where our buddy Phil Hinkle, that's his club. Um, they're doing their first swap meet ever there. So wow, I'm headed cool. down there. And just coincidentally, you talked about Austin going back to school. Um, two of my two older kids who are in college, they're both headed back in that direction, same day. So I'm combining a trip to O'Hare Airport to boot them out the door. Then I'm leaving there and uh, heading over to the swap meet. So I'm going to get there late, but uh, I still plan to be there before it ends. And then I think there's several other people from Green Bay planning to go there. Uh, Phil will be there. And there might be some other people that you know who are going to attend, but I'm not going to jinx it by saying it here. If they show up, then I'll talk about it afterward. So I'm looking forward to that. And uh, maybe I'll come home with some new treasures or maybe not. We'll see. So Fitz is going to the Georgetown swap meet. I won't be able to go. Georgetown Tejas. Yes, Georgetown Tejas. The Georgetown Aero Modelers. It's uh, January 19th and 20th. Guys, I hope you get to go. We typically go every year. We try. Fitz and I tend to hang up there. I've been maybe one time without Fitz because you were out sick or you are busy. So now Fitz is taking my place. So hopefully he'll do some live shows and show what's available. It's always fun to get stuff there. We always And we've gotten stuff for Terry from there. So cool. Yeah, we should probably talk about dates. The, this show may not be out before the Beloit swap meet. That's on oh, January 6th. Okay. The Georgetown is January 19th and 20th. I sure hope we get this show out by then. Uh, I will do my best. As so, the show is released January 21st. Right. So Lee, you're not going to be there, but Fitz is. He says so. If he guy recovers, sleep, look at him now. Guy sleeping yeah, in the chair right there. He's passed out. What Georgetown? What? I'll buy it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sold. Yeah, I plan on it. Probably yeah, well, that's, Saturday. That's but. my favorite story. Is Fitz raising his hand? Oh yeah, and winning a bid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't scratch your head when you're in the middle of a <laughs> But Fitz auction. was just he was like, I didn't buy anything. He goes, the guy goes, you raised your hand. He's like, I, I didn't. I was. <laughs> don't do that, Fitz. No, I, do that. <laughs> I was having a seizure. I'm going to opposite side of the room. <laughs> oh my gosh. So uh speaking of which, is there anything since y'all two are going to swap meets, is there anything we need to be looking for each other? Can I have Fitz look for a DLE thirty for me for my I can't grab? give anything that falls under the need category. There's some it would be fun to have oh. things, but I, I passed need a long time ago. I, well, I can, do need an ignition module for the zero. Oh, that's true. That's true. Check out the specs for your yeah, we talked about that because yours is unique. It's the more expensive one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Did you look at the ignition modules I have here when you were here last summer? I know that's before you no. had the zero in hand. Yeah, I didn't need it at the time, so no, I didn't. Do you have some? I did. I can't remember oh. who took them, if anybody. They might still oh. be around. If you have them, well, we can talk offline. See if it's All right. something like I'll things. poke around and see what I can find. Okay. Can you possibly do a show for us while you're there, Terry? At least send some photos. Put some, put some Definitely, I can take photos. Uh, we'll see if I can do a live show or not. Right. I don't think I've ever done one of those by myself. I'm it's, a little bit timid. You can do it. Yeah. But you're when I'm here talking 7. to you guys, it's like we're just having a conversation. When I put a phone in front of my face, even when I shoot my stupid review videos down here, when it's just me, I, I forget how to talk. I have no vocabulary. I pick my nose. Okay, I, here we go. No Here's one. the script. Ready? Hello, I'm Terry Dunn with the RC Roundtable Podcast. Let's walk the swap meet. And you're done.
See, they don't want to hear, they want to hear you talk. They want to look at all the pretty planes. They're they're going to ask you questions. You're going to respond. They're going to say, "Hey, go back. What's that plane? How much is it? Tell them I'll take five. But you make it sound so easy, and I appreciate that it is easy for you. And once I do it enough times, it'll probably get easier for me. But right now, it just seems like this giant wall to climb. To trying me. to give you the confidence. Come on, Terry, I appreciate that. I see what you're trying to do. And our listeners and our viewers are demanding substance. We need you to go show them what's out there. Show them the cool stuff. Interview the people. Just ask the people to talk about their stuff they're selling, especially the the weird models. Because, gosh, we had a – what was that plane? I think – wait, did you buy it, Terry or Fitz? Wasn't there a octagon-looking thing? At Georgetown? Yeah, where where did you buy that octagon thing? No, that was at – what in Dallas? Um. Uh, the name escapes me. The octagon one, octoplane. Yeah, that's in Dallas. But that did was, you uh, buy the German plane that was at Georgetown last year? German plane. Was it two years ago? This really cool German aircraft. I'm gonna have to go through the archive. I think I have photos of it. I'll go look. Doesn't that sound familiar? But okay. Hey, Lee, next time you're at Fitz's place, find that octoplane, sneak it, it in I your trailer. It. I saw it. All it was right. behind the DeLorean. Yeah, it's in there. If he hasn't flown it, by the time you head up here for Oshkosh, just sneak it on the trailer. (laughs) I'll put it on the trailer. Yeah. And then I'll release a video of it flying. What? That that looks like my plane. I got it. The problem is I got to do surgery in order to get into it. Uh Uh Uh-huh. Terry can do do surgery too. Yeah. But yeah. (laughs) Hey, let him, let him offload a couple of projects for you, Fitz. This is, he's doing it for you. Uh, I say that like, like I don't have a backlog. I've got a backlog bigger than Cody's intestines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how's that electric street going there, Terry? Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Or the Eindecker. Oh, oh, you know what? Okay, so maybe we could end with this because we should uh, do this for a little uh, Q and A with our our listeners. But I did make a 2024, you know, a list of things to do. Really, I don't call it the other one, but. Um, I uh, I need to finish that spacewalker, that Kyosho spacewalker oh, I that I got from Richard. That. It is still like parts of it are on the floor of my workshop. There's a box with a new engine. There's the fuselage that's over there by the bathroom. So I've got to finish that because I've always wanted to get it done, you know. I and I just keep putting it off. So that's on my to do list. You know, and speaking of things to be finished, Lee, you and I were talking offline a few weeks ago, and. I think it was you that came up with this brilliant idea of a bingo board that people could have in front of them during a live show. And we put things that they might encounter from us during the show, whether it's a weird thing we do or something we say, and they can try to get a bingo on their card. I made those the day we talked about it, or maybe it was the next day I went and I generated some. So we need to close the loop on that and make them available. Ah, so there's your, there you go, guys. Welcome to 2024. We're going to have a game. We're going to have game night on the RC Roundtable podcast. I'm sure we'll have giveaway items. Fitz will laser print or laser cut and 3D print stuff for us. Right, Fitz? <laughs> right, Fitz? Well, I can. Yeah. yeah. That's hey, good. did the caddies get to the recipients? I sent them out. Have we heard anything from them? Oh, I haven't. So. Oh. Well, if you've got one of our caddies, please send them a note to tell us what you think. Or just let us know you got it anyway. Yeah, let us know you got it too, but I'm curious. This time of year, shipping is a little unpredictable. Yeah. So, Terry, did you make it so it'll randomly generate different cards? 
Yes. And I forget how many I made, but it was somewhere between five and 10. And it's the same categories, just shifted in different positions. So later on, I'm like, oh, I could have come up with probably five more so that there's at least a little bit of difference. And yeah, you have to have cards. You don't have the equal amount of cards. You need to have like 10 more items that get scattered between different cards. I didn't do that. Oh, well, you should do that because because you're almost guaranteed. But never mind. That sounds good. Yay. Thanks, Terry. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> There's no free space, if that matters. It's not my face. It's <laughs> least space. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I will I will get back on that and try to close it out before our next live show. So that should be a fun thing for people to do. More fun than just listening to us yammer on. Yeah. I do like the live shows. We yeah. were it was festive last time. Let's get a, let's get twenty twenty four. Let's get at least a hundred people watching next time. Oh, that's a goal. That's a goal. Right. Wow. 100 people. Okay. Let's do it. <laughs> I'm going to start putting flyers out on telephone poles. <laughs> Come watch our live show. <laughs> All right, Fitz, I hope you feel better, buddy. Thanks again for yeah, kicking off the new year with me and uh, have fun at Georgetown. And I guess we'll see you guys in a week or two. Okay. For our next show. Yeah. Thanks for listening slash watching. And sticking with us, and Happy New Year to everybody. And don't forget, what was the thing we requested people to chime in? Oh, if you have any weird New Year's uh, traditions. Yeah, and traditions, yeah. And also, what the heck did you do for flying on New Year's Eve slash New Year's Day? Hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, let us know. Terry, you close it up. I think Fitz is ready to go take a nap. (laughs) All right. (laughs) I don't think I've ever done the closure before. So uh, be sure to like and subscribe our YouTube and Facebook and Instagram and OnlyFans. And (laughs) (laughs) thanks for listening to us. And uh, we do appreciate you being part of our crew. So uh, we'll see you next time. See you guys. Happy New Year. Please visit our website at rcroundtable.com. That's where you will find all of our podcast episodes. You can also find a little bit of background information about the show host and leave comments and suggestions about the show. There are links to a few of our favorite vendors and also links to our various social media accounts. Thank you for watching and listening.